Hey there, and welcome to episode 13 of Cast Reflects. I'm your host, Josh, and I'm joined, as always, by Connell Luke the Truth Jennings. Hello, hello. How you doing, mate? You okay? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good. You been up to much? Yeah, it's uh, summer's here at the moment. It was boiling last weekend. And um, yeah, my sisters came up to Brighton to visit for the weekend. It was really nice. Nice, man. What did you get up to? We um, just went, did all the standard Brighton stuff, went around shopping, enjoyed the sun, you know, all that. Went down the lanes. Yeah. Um, But we did also play a game together in the evenings, which was quite fun. Oh, yeah. What was that? It was the uh, Dark Pictures Anthology Little Hope. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 Is that the second one? I don't know what the order of them is, but it's the one with Will Poulter in it. The one about witches. Yeah, so I think we, what did we play? Man and Madan. We played that together for the channel, didn't we? Yeah, I think, to be honest, I think that's the worst one out of all of them. What, Man and Madan? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, I don't remember it being very good. No, but Little Hope was quite fun. I mean, I do think that's the best way to play those games. Like, me just, you know, having a few beers with my sisters, just playing Little Hope. It's like an interactive film. Playing them on your own is not the most fun experience, but it's always a bit of a laugh with other people. No, I, I agree, man. The um, the quarry was it? The guys by the supermassive that did until dawn. Me and Carly played that together, mm. and yeah, it was it was it was a good laugh. It was a good laugh. Uh, I ended up getting like four people killed right at the end, which is a bit annoying because you managed to keep them alive for for basically the whole game, and then right at the end, it's like one quick time event, and it's like yeah. Oh, yeah, well, Little Hope's super massive as well. It's the same people. Um, oh, isn't it? Yeah, of course it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. But um, the, all of those games tend to do that. Like, not really anyone dies until the end, and then they just start getting slain. <laughs> yeah, well, they sell that kind of, like, butterfly effect branching path thing, don't they? And then, like you said, you just get into a quick time event at the end, and it's like, oh, I thought I made all the correct choices, but... Ah, they just yeah. they just sort of, died anyway. It just sort of doesn't matter until the end because they just die there. Like whether you miss the quick time event, regardless of what you've done in the build up. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely brutal. But it was good though. You enjoyed what you played of Little Hope. Yeah, it was a good laugh. Like none of the <laughs> the thing that makes them like really entertaining is none of the people act like human beings. Nah, like, not at all. Every time something happens, I was just, like, me and my sister were just like. Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? <laughs> you would not act like that. <laughs> like a bit where they all have to walk over a bridge and they're like, oh, it doesn't look very stable. So then all of them jump on it at the same time. <laughs> we just talked about how unstable it looks. <laughs> yeah, it's just insane. Yeah. They are good though. I do think, um, I think as a concept, those games are really, really cool. And they just, they need a little bit of polish and a little bit of... Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to do the writing down, but I think sometimes there's really likable characters that sound like actual humans, and then other people who just like. I know you're supposed to be the dickhead, but you're you're being too much of a dickhead that it's just unrealistic now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's exactly what we said because uh, Will Poulter's character, I think his name is Andrew. We had decided, I think, within the first forty-five minutes that he was the only one we cared about keeping alive because everyone else was acting like an idiot. Which yeah. like, it, it's, if we if he dies, everyone's screwed. And that's the thing, isn't it? It's because you, 
the idea is that you keep everyone alive. And if you hate someone straight away, you're like, I'm going to do everything in my power to get this person killed. That's exactly I'm deliberately going to fail a quick time event so I can <laughs> get this person killed. That's exactly what we did. Because <laughs> we're like, this person has been doing my head in. As soon as the chance comes, I'm just getting them yeah. gone. So Little Hope's Witches, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's um, sort of, it's like around the sort of Salem Witch Trials sort of inspired um, right. vibe and... Bit Blair Witchy or little bit, little bit more like um, I don't know, like flashbacks to that time period where people would be put put on trial for being a witch and stuff, and it is that's all really interesting and like really dark because then you just think like this is mad that people actually did this, like, yeah, sort of thing, like killing people by just tying them up in chains and chucking them into a river or just crushing them under. a massive plank of wood that they slowly put rocks on top of until it squashes them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just hanging in it. That's mental. What What are you doing? I just kill them. If you genuinely think that witches are real and that person's a witch, just kill them. Just kill them. You, you, you don't have to kill them in the most heinous way possible. Yeah, and it's also like overly creative as well. It's like, oh, what, should we get this big plank of wood and slowly put it aside? Just don't leave it. <laughs> Why are you putting all this manpower into just, just use one of those rocks and cave their head in? Yeah, and just drop it on their head. Done. <laughs> Literally done. Like people are people aren't doing their actual village jobs because they're chipping in putting fing rocks on this like piece <laughs> yeah, exactly. of wood. <laughs> exactly. Just leave it out. Uh, okay, fair enough. Well, I yeah, I've didn't, keep, didn't keep everyone alive, just just in case you were wondering. <laughs> nah. Only one survived. Yeah, it's near on impossible, man, on those (laughs) games. It really is. So I have still been playing Zelda, but I'm not going to go into that. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I've been playing. Nice. We we knew that that was going to be the case. Yeah, it probably will be for the next few months. Um, (laughs) So this is our look ahead to June episode. So we did one for May, and now we're just going to do this monthly we have a little look ahead, see what games are coming out, see what events are happening, and sort of kind of pick a pick a few highlights or talking points from particularly interesting ones, or you know, different games, different events. Yeah. The big thing happening this month is Summer Games Fest. Yeah. Um, which is like a cross industry showcase. It's kind of we spoke about it a little bit when we did our E three episode like the E3 cancelled episode. It's sort of the modern, I don't want to say the modern version of E3 because it's not exactly that simple, but it's a big showcase where developers and publishers get together to showcase their games, yep. you know, very much in the footprint of E3, but more modern, all digital, you know, streaming, that kind of thing. Uh, that is June the 8th to June the 12th. Uh, we will do a podcast on that. Coming up, we're going to do some predictions for it in the next episode. And then the episode afterwards, we'll do our results and we'll just have a chat about the show and what was announced, etc. A bit like we did with the PlayStation Showcase. But that, yeah, is June the 8th. So they've got a cross-industry showcase followed directly by Day of the Devs, which is a showcase of upcoming indie games by I Am 8-Bit and Double Fine. June the 11th is the Xbox Showcase. And then June 12th is the Ubisoft showcase. So they're the three 
sort of big highlights for Summer Games Fest when it's on. There should be a ton, ton of games that are shown. Uh, there was last year and the year before that. As I said, I think it's pretty much become... What are they doing for the Ubisoft showcase? Are they going to scatter all of their games around a big map and you have to run around and watch them all on your own? <laughs> you have to go and you have to get 155 collectibles before you can watch the showcase. <laughs> yeah, um, there's no, there's no, there's rumours of different games and everything, but I wasn't going to go into it because we're going to do our predictions anyway on the next yeah. episode, and then we can laugh at how wrong we are because we're. Not in the industry. Couple of noobs. Couple of nobodies doing a video game podcast. Sort of am in the industry now, really. Well, I am, but you just don't know about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my real job is sort of in the industry. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I actually am in the, in the video game industry. Mate, you know, you never know. You never know where, you never know where this might go. Might go somewhere really good. To the moon, baby. So yeah, that's the big event. Um, obviously, there's not going to be a big video game related event for each month, but June in particular, obviously, is synonymous with E3, and now Summer Games Fest has become that big event. Taken the bat on. It has. It has. It's taken the bat on and streamed it on YouTube instead in the, of in the relay race of event. life. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that's June the eighth to June the twelfth. Game highlights then. Mm. You've got any particular ones to kick I off with? Do I'm a little bit worried that they might be the same as your picks, but I think I said that last time, so Yeah, well yeah. we'll see, we'll see. What have you got? I've got three that I've pinned as ones that I'm interested in. Same. I'm gonna start <laughs> great. <laughs> I'm gonna start with the one that I definitely think you haven't got. Okay, right. are we going in... Oh, so we're not going in date order, we're just going to go in... Well, conveniently, it is also in date order for me. So Okay, go on then. So on the 2nd of June, we have a little game coming out on Steam called Pile Up. Right, okay. Not got it? Nah, not got good. it on there. You're fine. Good, good, good. Nice. Yeah, it's a... Um, it's penned as like a chill, strategic, like city builder game. But the big spin on it is that you have like a very small it's like reverse jenga you have like a very small plot of land and you have to build vertically so you have to make sure that like anything that you're building isn't going to destabilize what you're building on top of it sort of thing oh right. and then you have to like build like energy like uh things to create energy things to create food and stuff and then you you get like have to build it as a tower as you go up but you don't want to build it so it's going to be unstable and stuff like that Looks like a really interesting take on on the um, sort of city builder, strategy city builder type game. I like that. That's cool. Because I love yeah. a city. Yeah, we've spoken about simulators before. Like, I love a city yeah, yeah. builder. But that's kind of adding, it's adding like a, it's got all the simulator, city building simulator tropes and stuff. But exactly. it's adding the, like another puzzle element that you need to think about. Yeah, exactly. Developed by a company called Remove. Um, yeah, second... 2nd of June. Looks quite cool. Oh, wicked. Nice. So mine, well, my first one is Diablo 4. Yeah, that was my next one. June 6th, D-Day, <laughs> which I don't know if they've done that deliberately. So it comes out on D-Day. Is it? Or is it June the 5th? Uh, June the 6th 
is the full release. They've got so uh, early access. If you pre-ordered like the 150 quid bundle, you get it on Friday, which I think Adam, my mate Adam's done. And I got away with Tom's done it as well. But then the actual release date is June the 6th. Cool. cool. So again, I don't know if they've done that deliberately because it's D-Day and they're like, oh, it's Diablo Day or whether they <laughs> just, it's just neatly slotted yeah, just in. Convenient. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for this. Yeah, what needs to be said, really. It's a perfect game for us, I think. We've Absolutely. always loved those sorts of games. We've always loved Diablo. Yeah, Diablo 3 in particular, I loved. Played it through, Banger. Banger. played it on PC, and then played it through on PS4 as well, and it actually worked really well um, on a controller, which I was surprised about. But I've I've not looked into this game at all. I know I'm going to get it. Because I love Diablo games, and the less I know about it, the better. Like I basically know what what classes there are, but yeah, this is going to be one of those where we're going to have to rinse some co op on. Yeah, hundred percent. Do some dungeon crawling, but yeah, like you said, not much, not much else to say on that. But yeah, that's a particular highlight for us, I think, going forward. I, yeah, I mean, basically for Diablo Four, I just want them to do everything they've always done and. Just make it look nicer, make some new levels, make some new enemies. They need to change too much. Just add more to it. More of the same, please. Yeah, yeah, the formula. Yeah, the formula's there, isn't it? Like, the absolute just wave upon wave of enemies, just mowing them down with all your abilities and yeah, getting the sweet loot, getting <sighs> the sweet it. loot at the end love of it. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, it's good. It's rewarding. Literally, is very rewarding, that game. Yeah. Next up, my next one's for 20th of June. Have you got one before that? Mine's on the 20th of June. Mm. Is it Aliens Dark Descent by any chance? <laughs> it is Aliens Dark Descent. <laughs> I should say as well, we've had no collaboration on this at all. I like I, it though when we do that. Yeah, yeah, it's good, it's good. The agenda I write and I send to Connell and then we literally record and it's all, our thoughts are completely isolated. Yeah, so Aliens Dark Descent, yeah, this is like a top-down twin-stick shooter based in the Aliens uh, universe. Yeah, well, it looks a bit more like strategic twin-stick shooter. It's a bit like somewhere between a twin-stick shooter and like a XCOM-style like an thing, XCOM. but in yeah. real time. Yeah, it looks yeah. really good. I, ho- I hope I hope it's good, if you know what I mean. It's one of those games that... I well, they haven't like... got the best track record with Alien games, have they? No, nah, exactly. Other than probably... Isolation. Alien Isolation. Can't think which was great. Obviously, what was that? What was the we, one? We recently Colonial played, Marines. Colonial Marines was the old one, the Sega one that got absolutely slated on release. And actually, I played that again a few years later, and so I think I. it was a bit hard done by. It, I mean, don't get me wrong; it's not a great game, but it got a hell of a lot of flack. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, it was. I think the AI was absolutely broken on it. Yeah, and we probably played it about five years after five years worth of patches has come out for it as well. That's so well, the other one we played was fire team elite. Yeah, that's true. That was all right. I did. I love the concept of that, but I just found it a bit boring after a while. Yeah. Do you know what it's I mean? It's just like, and I hope this game doesn't do that either. Yeah. Cause the thing with alien is like, they're meant to be so like the apex predator, right? They're meant to just be able to rip you apart. And with fire team elite, you just, chewing through them absolutely they were just cannon fodder and i said it doesn't they're meant to be a bit scary 
I want to feel a bit scared in an alien game. Hence why isolation's so incredible. Yeah, oh, Alien Isolation is one of my absolute favourite games, I think. for the Just the fact that it's basically Outlast in space, isn't it? Well, it's Outlast Aliens, essentially. Yeah. You can't do anything about it. And there's just one. There's one on the ship and it just takes and he, and everything you've got to get rid of him finally. And he doesn't teleport or anything. It's like, it's real, like, geometrically follows you yeah. around the map and stuff. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. But yeah, Dark Descent, though, I'm not actually expecting to be scared by this one. So that might play it in its favour a little bit because it is top, top down. Yeah, it's not It's not the sort of game. It's not going to be, I think it's going to be billed as a horror game particularly. But exactly. I think it'd be fun to jump in. With a with a couple of mates and just push through the levels. Well, I think big... it's only going to be single player, mate. What is it not multiplayer? No, I think it's only going to be single player. That's mental. I thought it was multiplayer. Nope. Wow, that's surprising. Yeah. The, Still... other, thing, the other thing that when I watched the trailer <laughs> that I couldn't get my head around, and it made me think about like all the other Alien games as well. If you are aware that face huggers are a thing. As a soldier, why would you not wear a face mask? Or just a helmet, if you like a like, That's what yeah, I mean. like a full, yeah, like a like, full face helmet. Like People a Spartan. just rocking around without anything on their head. Yeah. You're asking for it. Because they definitely know by this point as well that... 100%. That's what the aliens do. <laughs> they hug. like, And also, like, they have risk. Like, as soon as you get a face hug, that's it. Like, it you, you're over. as good as dead anyway. So... You might as well wear a helmet and then lose a little bit of visibility and get stabbed by an alien. It's a quicker f- death than getting face hugged for 10 minutes. And then being impregnated and having one burst out of your chest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so grim, isn't it? So grim. <laughs> yeah, my, like my only, my only uh, worry with this is there's not enough variety in the levels and the level design and the objectives. I think those sorts of games... You, you need that variety to keep you going back to it. Otherwise you are just, you are yeah. just shooting aliens <clears throat> in the face all the time. They've also talked a big game on like the uh, intelligence of your squad's AI and stuff. Right. Okay. And like how they will react to the decisions you make, which is fantastic. And that's exactly what I want it to be. But a lot of the games like that, that come out don't often live up to that expectation. I can't tell you the amount of games that are played like that, where, you'll do something then one of the squads just like stood in a corner doing nothing. And you're just like, can you shoot someone please? <laughs> yeah. We, we all are absolutely seasoned at that from playing XCOM loads. So the amount of games you probably played the similar. And like you said, you've just seen it and been like, this is, why is, why is my squad doing this? <laughs> Bunch of morons. <laughs> Reloading each other's weapons over in the corner. Just end up trying to lead them to the face huggers in the end. It's like, yeah, it's exactly. get, let's get rid of this one. He's useless. <laughs> yeah, just get rid of them. Cool. So that's out June the 20th. Um, my only other one after that was Final Fantasy 16, which mm. is out on June the 22nd. Yeah, again, not, not loads to say about this really. I think it looks really, really good. I like where they're going with this, the more single party, like single character party where it's just a one man. And then I think you have like a companion every now and then, but you're not actually in, they're not part of your party, uh, which looks good. It's gone way more action RPG, I think. Although saying that you're not, you're more of a turn-based in favor of turn-based, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I think we, that's where we differ a little bit on that. I'm, 
I am sort of more into the classic style of Final Fantasy. Yeah. Well, I do love it. I do love turn-based games. But yeah, this, I think, I think it just lends itself, you know, the, the big, the worlds they can create now as well. I think you've got this entire environment and things you can put into the game because they're so big now. I think playing it where the combat is active rather than it's turn-based mm-hmm. lends itself to it. But I can totally see the argument for wanting to keep it turn-based if that's what your preference is. And I don't see any reason why they couldn't potentially add that in as a as different a, mode. As a way to play it, yeah. Because they did that with the Final Fantasy VII remake. I was going to say, they did, yeah. I liked that. Yeah. So you could play it traditionally or or try the new mode. Yeah, that I'm really looking forward to. I think it yeah, looks looks really, really good. It'll be absolutely mad. Um, but another probably 100-hour game that's just going to get put on my list and I'm going to have to try and find time to play it. <laughs> you got any more for June? Um, I haven't really. The only other one that I saw that I was interested in, uh, I'm not going to mention because it may come up later in the episode. Okay, wicked. The only other note I want to say is we did a Reflect Select a couple of weeks ago for Amnesia the Bunker. Mm-hmm. It comes out on June the 6th as well. It got mm-hmm. delayed a couple of weeks. So don't blame me. It's just how it goes. It's just how it is, you know? And we, we've we said we're in favour of delaying games when they're not ready. We are. But yeah, that's literally out next next Tuesday, same day as Diablo. So yeah, don't shoot, do not shoot the messenger. Me. Won't be shooting much from what I hear. Apparently, ammo is very scarce. In <laughs> very scarce, yeah. And there's monsters that are absolutely horrific. But yeah, that's uh, that's sort of my highlights for June, really. That and obviously Summer Games Fest, I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, which I'll is be next excited week. For that. Cool. Well, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about finally was the CSGO major, Paris yeah. major, the, the last, last ever. ever. Yeah. Well, this is your this is your bag, isn't it? This is your expertise. This is your area of expertise here. So Yeah, I mean I don't want... put the pressure on. <laughs> well, I, let me tell you, actually, I absolutely am gonna put the pressure on. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted you to kind of because so obviously I'm aware of esports and how relevant they are now, how lucrative yep. they are. Counter Strike obviously I think we can probably both agree you might tell me otherwise it's probably the most the most prevalent in terms of esports yeah definitely for first person shooters i think the only other ones that sort of rival it are like your league of legends type yeah. games but um yeah i mean without a doubt in terms of first person shooters it's the biggest esport yeah yeah so this is the last major tournament before for the new yeah, Counter-Strike. for Counter Strike Global Offensive. Um yeah. so they do have a couple more tournaments before the release of Counter Strike Two, but they're not majors. This is like the I don't know, in, in the most lazy way ever, this is like the World Cup of right, okay. of yeah. like Counter Strike tournaments. It's the big one, it's the one that all the players wanna get and wanna win so they can say that they have won a major, right? Right, um, okay. So the final ever one that's gonna happen in Counter Strike or has happened, sorry, in Counter Strike Global Offensive. And yeah. soon they will release Counter Strike Two in the new engine in the Source Two engine. And when does that release? Don't think there's an actual date for it at all. It was just it was just summer, it's, wasn't it? Because it's Valve, they just 
do whatever they want, really, it's don't gonna, they? Uh, it's coming out tomorrow. <laughs> everyone, everyone bends to their will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they bloody should. Yeah. So yeah, um, this this is the last one. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I love it. I've watched all of them for the last know, five or six years now. Yeah. Um, really, really enjoyed it. This one, there was a lot of. I don't know, there was a lot of like drama and theatrics around it because it was the final one for a lot of players that have been in it for a while. Quite a lot of them hadn't ever won a major and it's their last ever chance to win a major in CSGO. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's like there was a lot of people on a lot of different teams that were really, really emotionally invested in it. And I mean, I, when it was on, I sent you a video of uh, a heroic and Cadian giving his team a speech about oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, how yeah. he spent 10 years eating shitty hotel food and he's not done that for nothing and I've, it's taken me 10 years to find a team that I can trust and rely on and everybody's got each other's back. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and like really, really emotional. Um, I mean, they got knocked out the day after that, but ah, yeah. I reckon he um, used all his energy on that speech. On that speech, yeah, it was a good speech. It was Bloody. a good speech. I did watch it, so I should say I've not... So I've not watched any CSGO. I've played like about five hours of CSGO and I've not watched any of the tournament stuff ever. So this is all new to me. And the the few video clips you did send me, especially the two in it, well, the, the guy doing his speech and the, and the um, what's his name? The guy doing Apex. The, Apex doing the like victory interview. Yeah. In so, front yeah. of like loads of people as well. I didn't, I, I, I might be a bit ignorant, but. I didn't realise, I knew they were massive esports, but I didn't realise the sort of scale of like the tournaments when there's just thousands of people there, thousands and thousands of people there. Uh, full capacity for the major, 20,300 people. Yeah, so 20,300 people for that, to watch yeah. people play Counter-Strike, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's yeah. absolutely crazy. And it's like... I don't know, I love it. I watched it from all the way from the start, but obviously it really ramps up towards the last stages. So again, I'm going to use a really lazy analogy because to be honest, the the way that the stages and that are set up is quite convoluted. Yeah. But there's, teams will get points throughout the year based on their rankings and stuff. And they can, and if they get a certain amount, they don't have to play in the challengers stage. They go straight through to the legend stage. And then the teams that didn't get enough points will play through in the challenger stage. So it's like finishing third or fourth and you have to do like a, like a knockout, a couple of knockout rounds before you qualify. For yeah. Like group, group stages type stuff. So yeah, the challenger yeah. stage, there's like 16 teams and then uh, like half of them go through. Yeah. Um, then it goes on to the legend stage and then there's another 16 teams. So there's, the eight in there that got through from the previous round and then the eight that got enough points to just go direct to legend stage. So right. usually what you see happen or traditionally what you've seen happen is the big name esports orgs, your phase clans, your Navi, your, you know, team liquid G2, everyone like that, like vitality. They'll usually get be in the legend stage and don't have to play that first one. Yeah. And then after the legend stage, you've got the champion stage, which is just knockouts, straight knockouts. Um, till you get to the final. Till you get to the grand final, yeah. But what was really interesting this year is it wasn't the setup that you would have expected it to have been. 
so in the challenger stage you had like face clan and people like that in and mouse sports who actually didn't win a single match i mean they're, they're like considered a good team yeah. they they had to play in the challenger stage so the first group stage and they went zero three they'd lost all three of their games in that group stage and just went out just went, it's just... like yeah and then you've got t- tier two teams who were like less expected to win that went through yeah. you got a team called apex who went three to one in the challenger stage went through to the next legend stage then in the legend stage they went three and two and then they went through to the champion stage and they were in the quarterfinals and they lost in the first round of the quarterfinals to team liquid but i mean just the fact oh no they didn't they beat the team liquid sorry two nil and then they went through to the semi-finals and lost to vitality who were the team that won it all who, right that went on to win that it, went on yeah. to win it right so and then in the final, it was Vitality versus a team called Gamer Legion, who were also a tier two team. Right. So they managed to get basically not not blag it, but just play so yeah, well. well yeah, they, the opposite of blag it. Massive like, outside favourites for the final and then basically got there just by yeah. playing amazing. And they took out incredible teams all the way yeah. through and like literally just shut all the doubters up every step of the way. And got to the grand final to play against Team Vitality, who were a French team in yeah, Paris. In Paris yeah. Home <laughs> in advantage. <laughs> um, and like, oh, there were some really cool stories in there. So, like, I've always followed Navi, Natas Vincere. Um, yeah. They're the one of the Ukrainian teams. And it's a bit weird for me as well, like, with watching Counter Strike and stuff, because I always try to pick a team to follow. And really, it's been Navi, but actually, what I find is I just like some of the players more than the teams. I was going to say... like the way they play and stuff. Yeah, like you have... I'm assuming you have an affinity with... Where you've played a lot, a lot of Counter-Strike, you probably have an affinity with particular play styles, um, loadouts, that sort of thing. And just mm. gen- genuinely, if you watch it as well, probably personalities. Yeah, yeah. And where it's not 100%. like... Where you don't have... Like football, for example, you pick a team when you're younger or you have a local team, you know... You, and you just stick with them. Mm. Whereas I guess when you're picking an esports team, unless unless there's an English team that are particularly good or that you follow, funny you mention that. Go on. This is the first major I've ever watched that there was an English team in. Really? Yeah. I can't weirdly, I just can't imagine and I mean that probably speaks for itself really from what I'm about to say, but I just can't imagine English people being any good at video games other than like <laughs> FIFA probably. <laughs> so one of the so they they did really well again they're in the legend stage uh they're called into the breach the english right. team uh they beat into FaZe, the breach into the breach <laughs> they uh beat phase clan they beat ents they beat Fnatic, who are two like major teams yeah um and one of their players i think he might be getting signed by another, another team now but one of their players like really put himself on the map like he was outrageous i think his name is oh, cypher fair. i can't remember cypher i think um and, like, I mean, yeah, that was just super interesting because never really seen an English team. And, and one of the commentators actually said when he was interviewing him afterwards, he's like, let's not beat around the bush. Uh, surprising because uh, UK CS has been notoriously shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, just going back to my point, I think, yeah, I could just not imagine English teams being any good at video games in, like, a really hardcore capacity because you think of like other esports like strategy games obviously no careers very 
well known for how good it is at, at strategy games and you just never hear like oh tell you what english they're they're fucking awesome at, at counter-strike yeah there's loads of good english teams i mean there's not it. really any i mean overwatch had a bit of an english scene for a bit but yeah other than that i couldn't really think of think of many but yeah i mean like i was saying there's there's been so many good stories in this major and it is because it's the last one there's a lot of hype around it there's a lot of romance yeah. around it like I say lots of players wanting to win but so i i've always followed navi and they've been through a bit of turmoil over the last couple of years they went from you know being the dominant team um to having a bit of like roster issues to be honest their in-game leader was russian and the rest of the team are ukrainian so you, you can imagine there was a little bit of um yeah when the war happened and stuff there was a little bit of whatever and their in-game leader at the time his wife was very pro-russia and uh basically it got him kicked out of the team so yeah. and uh, he wasn't at all he was like he didn't want he was trying to get out they they're divorced now and everything like i feel quite sorry for him to be honest um, yeah, it sounds like his world's just turned upside down. Basically. Yeah, basically. But since he's left, they've basically been in turmoil. They've tried a few different rosters. And they've, not, in my opinion, have not dealt with it very well at all. Nah. So up in so they've in this major, they got a new player called uh, Nipple or NPL. <laughs> right. Um, okay. uh, and he did not perform well. I think he actually had one of the worst ratings in the tournament. Uh, out of all the teams but in the previous tournaments they had a player called Sumdai Young or SDY um, and he got kicked out of Na'Vi because I, I, I don't 100% know but basically he wasn't performing up to the standard that they wanted him to and the other players were to be honest from what it looked like watching it from the outside not treating him particularly nicely um, oh, that's not very nice is it yeah, and then he left, so he left the team. And then in this major, he's part of a new Tier 2 team now. SDY joined a team called Monty. Right. And um, they got through to the legend stage in which they came up against Na'Vi. Oh. And they f***ing embarrassed them. Did they? 2-0 to Monty. Absolutely tore him apart. And he was taking every fight with confidence. He was so up for winning it. And he was just like, I'm going to show you that I'm not the player you thought I was. Sort of yeah. Thing. And, and it was... F- you as well. As it was amazing. It was, even as someone who follows Na'Vi, I was like, oh, mate. I was like, properly like, go on. Go on, SDY. Yeah. Well, that's like um, the romance side of it, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's... You get loads of stories like that, and that's why I love watching it. Like, always... It's like a soap, isn't it, in a weird way as well? There's like always goes different the narratives. Yeah, yeah, you got it, on you? You got it. So overall then, did you enjoy it? How long did it go on for? Oh. Good question. They last a while, to be honest. Um, it started in on May 8th, uh, and the final was on May 21st. Okay, so it's a good, like, three weeks then-ish. Yeah, and, like, the first oh, rounds are, like, uh, the first rounds are, like, just one one game sort of thing. And then as it goes on, it starts to go to, like, best of threes. And right. each match can take over an hour. Yeah. So if it, if it goes like the full distance. To the wire, yeah, it just takes ages. It's just hours of sitting there gaming constantly. Yeah. It yeah, was, it's um, intense, isn't it, good. man? It's intense. Like, I mean, we, well, we've played, obviously, competitive games together before. And it, it is intense. But to do it at that level, you know, that requires a serious amount of mental fortitude, doesn't it? And 
skill as well. Mm. I would love to do a proper episode on esports eventually. Cause yeah, I'd we should like to like delve into it in a bit more detail and discuss some other games. Yeah, because I also would like to know more about Rocket League esports. To be honest, I don't. I've never really watched much of it. I've seen clips and stuff, but yeah, I play loads of the game, but not as much into the esports. And to be honest, these days I prefer watching Counter Strike than playing it, which yeah. is weird. Why is that? Do you think? I don't know. It's just it's quite it's quite an intense game, man. Yeah. And when you yeah, finish totally. work, sitting down and playing a game of Counter Strike, it's a bit of a shift. Yeah, especially when you're just getting pummeled by like really angry people. people. Exactly, yeah. It's just <laughs> like, not what you need, is it? You want to go and sit down and play fucking pile up for ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you enjoyed it though? Absolutely loved it. And and talking yeah. of skill, I see there's another clip I sent you of Zai Wu, who is uh the Orpa. Or the sniper for the yeah. uh, non-educated. Yeah, I watched this before we started recording. Yeah, he is currently well um, known as the best player in the world. Uh, he took that title off of Simple from Navi, who, like we've just talked about, had a pretty poor showing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he there's a absolutely incredible clip of him in the last round of the first half against G two. Is him against four players. And, you know, he's just, there's no point in him trying to survive because it goes to half time after that round. So he might as well just go for it. And he just pulls out an outrageous clutch. <laughs> yeah, he and does. Just buries him. Yeah. Yeah. So for someone that doesn't play the game, I'm aware of the, the skill level that's required. And yeah, he very much just wrecks shop, doesn't he? Like just absolutely wreck shop, just slays four of them in a row. And it sounds like, you know, 1v4 doesn't sound like much, but in Counter-Strike, it's like David and Goliath, isn't it, essentially? And yeah, he just it's absolutely just such a game him. of margins. Yeah, yeah. One one tiny errors basically can cost you, can't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. So it's just Counter-Strike 2 then that coming up next that I'm assuming will have a ton of tournaments this year, will it? No, well, there is. I think there's one now on at the moment for CS:GO in Dallas, but it's not a major. It's just a standard tournament, so not all of the teams will enter that. Like um, a lot of the big teams are taking a break because they've just finished a major, um, so it's not as many teams in the sort of smaller tournaments and stuff like that. Yeah. And obviously, the cash prizes aren't as big, and it's not a, uh, it's not like an accolade like winning a major is for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, and I think a lot of the to be honest, I'll be, I would like to talk about it again, maybe in a in sort of like a couple of months' time, because I think there's going to be a lot of roster changes. There's yeah. a lot of teams now are sort of just shifting their focus to Counter Strike Two, and right. what their team's going to look like for Counter Strike Two. And obviously, there's a lot of people that were expected to do better than they did in the current major. And you know, usually what happens there is just like in football, you know, if you don't don't perform well enough, and luckily. So get the boot. You get sold off to a worse team, basically. Yeah. yeah. Or or you do what Matey did. Yeah, you do what SDY did, and you go and join Monty, and then and you yeah revitalize your career and rise like a phoenix. Come back chinning. <laughs> exactly. Ah, <laughs> oh, wicked. Well, that's good. So I'm glad I was, you've educated me a lot on that because I literally know nothing about Counter Strike tournaments. We should, we, should watch, we should watch one when, when they do the first CS2 major. We should watch it together. Yeah, I'd love that because I actually do want to try Counter-Strike 2 as well when it comes out, like properly. 
give it a good go and see whether I enjoy it or not. Right. Reflect selects this week. We got. Because I, I was tempted to put this on my coming up for June. So that's why I said it may come up later in the episode. Mm, yeah, nice. So it looks really good. It's called Tiny Thor and it's out on PC on Monday, the 5th of June. So it's developed by Asylum Square. The only other game that they've done is called Pirate's Gold. <laughs> and the the little uh, sort of the little one-line uh, synopsis they put for it was a unique twist on the Sokoban and Match 3 genre that challenges your mind. <laughs> so for them to go to a Match 3 puzzle game to what is... It's not a bad way to get on the map, though. They're very popular and they're... Yeah. Uh, I yeah. mean, no games are easy to make, but it's, it's, they're about as easy as it gets to make. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally... Yeah, I know I know exactly what you're saying. But yeah, they've gone. They've gone and made a, a platformer, like a pixel art style side scroller platformer. So the blurb is: Tiny Thor features 16-bit graphics and gameplay centered around using Mjolnir, leading our Norse hero through challenging levels filled with all kinds of obstacles. It offers tight controls, fast-paced action, and an experience tinged with nostalgia. Mjolnir, obviously, being Thor's hammer. For anyone that doesn't know what that is. Surely everyone knows after Marvel. Yeah, it's just, you, there's enough of it in there. Uh, yeah, this looks wicked. Looks really, really cool. The sprites are stunning in it as well. The sprite work's amazing. And the platforming looks insane. It's It gives me big Celeste vibes, but adding in this other element of you, you can control his hammer and use it to affect yep. the level. Like, yeah. like creating platforms to jump on, but you have to time it. It's super clever. It looks really, really hard. Um, but yeah, it looks very much like it's taken inspiration from Celeste in, in terms of its level design um, and platforming, which the is thing not a bad thing. That really um, drew me into it was the music, mate. The music is so classic. It's proper yeah. retro arcade game music. And I was, yeah. like, as soon as I was watching the trailer, I was just like, oh. Felt like a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got that shovel knighty kind of feel as well with the um with the visuals and the music, definitely. Mm. Yeah, it looks really, really cool. So anyone I think for anyone that's played Celeste or any platformers really who likes the challenging platformer, Tiny Thor looks really, really good. And it's out Monday the fifth of June on PC only. But I think there's a demo on Steam now as well, if you wanted to play it early. There you go. Perfect. Did not know that. We got out this week, mate. What have I got out this week? I have got an Ultimate Chicken Horse Let's Play video coming out. Uh, so me, you, Carly, and Bex jumping into Ultimate Chicken Horse, uh, nice. and the video is titled Four Friends Descend into Madness." Yeah, that's a good. Uh, that's a good representation, I think, for what actually happens in that game. Yeah, this is the, this second or third Ultimate Chicken Horse video you put out. Second, it's only the second. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few more lined up to be honest, but um, it's I was just say, you must have hours worth. Of yeah, we played a bit of it, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. This one's not like a highlights one. It's actually let's play. It's us playing through the levels, um, right? Okay. So you see like the whole journey of how it slowly just gets more and more ridiculous, and the descent into madness. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly that. It's um, I don't know. It's probably one of the f- f- games that I've played. First games that I played in ages where I've laughed that much. 
Yeah. Do you know what 100%. I mean? It's just non-stop hilarity. It's ridiculous as well because you just find yourself laughing at the most simple things in it as well. It's like, I'll just put that hockey puck behind and it just killed everyone straight away. And I'm like, I knew it was there. So I'm trying to finish the level and everyone's in bits just laughing at it as well. Or it's just it's like, so good. Sometimes you just let like think of something when you're about an hour in and you're like, oh my God, well, how has nobody thought to do this? Like when I just stuck the fan upside down, like obviously we've been using the fans to try and like jump over stuff. Yeah. And then I, in one of the levels, I just stick the fan upside down. So it just stops people jumping up instead. It's <laughs> yeah, like, it just <laughs> pushes them down into the pit. <laughs> and then everyone's like, who's done that? Yeah, that's the thing. Because it's so hectic when there's four of you. You kind of, you're paying so much attention to what you're going to do that you don't see what other people have done. Yeah. And then you're like, who's the prick that's put the spike on that tiny little platform that everyone's <laughs> got to jump on? It's so good. It's such a good game. We really need to play more of that soon because yeah. we haven't played it for ages. And it's... I- it's Brilliant. I'd honestly recommend that to anyone of any game skill level. It's again one of those games where really it doesn't matter if you're not amazing at gaming. Nah, exactly. It's just hilarious. Just play it with a few friends. Yeah, I would say we've played it with four, well, four of us in total, and that's amazing. I yeah. don't know what it's like with three. Um, I'm not sure if you can do five. I think it's only up to four. I think it is up to four. Yeah. Yeah. So four is amazing. I don't know what it's like on three or two. I can't imagine it being amazing with two of you, but yeah, three or four. It would just take a bit longer, I think, because because if you both finish, you'd, nobody would get any points. Exactly. So yeah. you would just it, you would probably have more r- rounds where nobody got points if you were playing with two of you. Whereas when you've got four, it really it's only like round three and everything's a mess already. Yeah, that's the thing. When there's four of you, by the time you get about five, six rounds in, it's like the level's basically impossible anyway. <laughs> and you have to start blowing stuff up to remove it. Wicked. So that's that's a full playthrough, is it? Of yeah. A couple of levels. Nice. Yeah. And that's out on Loot the Truth. This weekend. This weekend, baby. Cool. I think that'll do us this week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks again for joining Con. Oh, the pleasure is mine. And we will see you all in episode 14. Ta-ta. (laughs) Ta-ta. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.